Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned to the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Hey, just a couple of things to bring to mind. I'd, l- I'd like to invite you to go out to iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. Out there on our website, a couple of really important things. When you go out to the website, you will notice that you, a flag will pop up. That's the I Work For Him Nation flag. And on that flag, uh, if you click on that, it invites you to join the I Work For Him Nation. Now, I understand you get to read stuff beforehand, but what we're looking for is Christ followers all across the nation to make the commitment to start serving, to start praying, to start befriending those people they work alongside each and every day in the workplace. We're looking for Christ followers to actually step up and step out and really go bold in their workplace. You know, as I gave my life to Christ years ago, everything about me has been changing. These last, really, it's going to be 37 years this July. It is so amazing the work that Christ has done. And I want to invite you to participate in the same thing. The work of the Holy Spirit in my life has been amazing, and it can be amazing in your life too. And in the last decade, as I've recognized that the Lord really wants me to bring my faith to my workplace, it is so incredible. So I'm just passing on that same uh, challenge to you as well, to join the I Work For Him Nation. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day. Look for ways to serve them in the workplace. Look for ways to befriend them when outside of the workplace. You get an opportunity to really to, to just let them know who Jesus really is through your relationship with them. Look for ways to pray with people. Because often when people come to the office, they get down, they're out, they, they're just bummed out. And you and I get an opportunity to recognize the change in their demeanor when they come. So say, hey, you know, Bob, hey, Judy, what's going on? You look a little down today. And they get an opportunity to share what's going on in their lives after you dig a little bit. Because understand, anytime you say, hey, I'm fine, when somebody says I'm fine, it means they're freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. You got to get past the, okay, you're fine, but does that mean you're freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional? And then they'd really tell you what's going on. And you say, listen, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I pray with you about that really quick? Don't ask them to pray, but ask if you could pray for them right now. But all along, members of the I Work For Him Nation are people who are, are workers of excellence. In your position, in your workplace, you're making an impact. You are making an impact. And I just ask that you would just step out, step aside, and let the Lord work through you and do everything you do during the day with excellence. Be standing out. And so people go, hey, what's going on with you, Jim? Why are you always working so hard? Why do you work so fast? Why why are you always worried about the details? 
And you say, listen, my life's never been the same since I met Jesus. I I want to ask that you give him a chance as well. Go out to iWorkForHim.com and join the iWorkForHim nation. There's another button that's also new out there on iWorkForHim, and it's the Donate Now button. And I got to tell you this, iWorkForHim has operated on its own for several years through advertisers, but there are some advertisers out there that are ministries. They're kingdom impactful, kingdom impactful marketplace ministries that don't have a budget for marketing. And Martha and I honestly are trying to do this show where it's our main focus every day. Between helping churches start up marriage ministries and marketplace ministries, we're also trying to focus on the radio show so that what we're doing every day is all ministry focused. But we need your help with that. We would love to be able to sponsor some of these marketplace ministries to be advertisers and participants on the show on a regular basis, and your dollars can help with that. That money will flow to those advertisers and eventually flow to Martha and I to help support the radio program so your dollars get doubled. They help a ministry really get noticed, help you to find out more about that ministry, and it helps Martha and I with the cost of putting radio on the air every day. Go out to iWorkForM.com and click on the Donate Now button. You know, every day in the workplace is a challenge. Every day as we go to work, we are looking at items that are, you know, we, we, we meet people, we meet challenges, we meet vendors, we meet customers. We have things that are just, we're just struggling. We struggle every day. And what's amazing is how incredible the Lord is in all of this. As we meet new people, as we meet new challenges, as we uh, just encounter new things, the Lord is really interested in participating with us each and every day in what we do. But we need to invite him in. You know, my personal studies, I've been reading a book by one of our past guests, Dr. Jim Harris, Our Unfair Advantage, how to utilize, how to take advantage of utilizing the Holy Spirit in our workplace on a day-to-day basis. And it's so important that we recognize that that is, wow, it's possible. The Lord really wants us to take advantage of using him. We have the Holy Spirit, as Christ followers, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us every day. And we can ask him for help, but we have to ask. I mean, a lot of times we may hear that still small voice and we don't really know what's going on. A lot of times we'll just ignore it. But part of being part of I work for him is just recognizing that our Heavenly Father cares about the intimate details of our lives and those intimate details. He wants to help us work through them. He wants us to just say, Lord, what should I do here? What should I do with this contract? What should I do with this relationship? What should I do with this? Whatever the situation is, the con- a conflict maybe with somebody at work, whatever it may be, our Heavenly Father has a solution for you and for me. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Thanks so much for tuning in all across Tampa Bay and all around the world. Whether you're tuning in today on iHeartRadio or letstalkfaith.com or tune in or some other kind of a online listening device, or maybe you're listening on iWorkForHim.com on one of the past archives, or maybe you're on iTunes listening to a podcast, or maybe you're listening old-fashioned way right there on AM 570 and 910 WTBN. However you're listening today, our guest and myself, we are hoping and praying that something we say today will challenge you to a deeper level in your faith. You and I, we walk with Jesus every day, but sometimes we just need a kick in the keister in order to get moving in our faith. And and I work for him as that for you and for me. Sometimes we just live vicariously through other people's faith, and sometimes we use other people's faith to help us to live. And that's what we hope that I work for him is today. 
Today we've got an interview. We're talking today with Darren Shearer, a, a, a many-time guest on I Work For Him. He runs an organization called High Bridge Books, but he's also an author, and he's also got an incredible website that everybody should check out, theologyofbusiness.com. Darren Shearer, welcome back to I Work For Him. Oh, it's, I'm excited to be back with you, Jim. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you're here today. Uh, Let's just go to the basics, because I do it every day uh, with my guests when they come on the air. I just want to know, how is Christ making an impact, a difference in your life today? Well, typically my answer to that question, and it's really no, uh, no different today, you know, I get to work from home and I get to be near my kids and my wife and just be able to take breaks and go, you know, play Play-Doh with my kids. And, but really it's, it's all about discipleship uh, for me. And so being able to just pour into my kids and, uh, and just really set a godly example and to see my marriage reflect the, the glory of God, you know, as much as I believe business is, is the, is the place where that happens, you know, it really starts in the home. And so that's really where, where it's happening for me today. You know, I just got done writing my blog for the week that'll come out on Friday, and on Friday, my youngest turns 25. And um, my youngest biological child, I have an adopted daughter who's almost 40, but my youngest, so the son that I watched be birthed 25 years ago, so I became a father 25 years ago on Friday. And, uh, you know, it goes so fast, and it was all about the fact that time flies, you know, get a net out, Indeed. slow it down a little bit, because it is it is ridiculous. You know, I, did you, I remember when your wife was having a kid, it was like 18 months ago, right? I mean, do you have yep. one that's like 18 <laughs> months? And is, was that your first yeah, one? Was that your, had, I think since the first time I came on the show, we probably had two kids since then. And yeah. so, yeah, so our youngest is, uh, is just turned eight months yesterday. Okay. And so the oldest is two years. So we okay. just dedicated our youngest in church uh, just yesterday morning. That's fantastic. It, it goes fast, and I tell all young fathers this, listen, whatever you do, don't work so hard that you miss any moments because it goes so fast, and in a moment, they're going to be 18 and graduate from high school, and you're like, where did that time go? What a great yeah. privilege it is to be a dad. I mean, it really Absolutely. is such a great privilege to be a dad. So That's you know, a joy. It, it is a joy, and there, there's moments that are a little bit more of a challenge, but just a few. Not not very many, and it, it's it's an amazing. I mean, not only is it awesome to be a husband, but it's awesome to be a father. Yeah, you know, you've got you got a lot of things going on in your world. But how does your work, your work in the publishing world, your work? You, you've got a daily blog that you're working. You're interconnected and networking with marketplace ministries all over the country. How does your work, Darren Shearer, give you a unique vantage point into the brokenness of the world? Yeah. So. What I was just referring to earlier about how the marriage and the family reveals the glory of God, you know, I really believe that business can do that as well. And so what I, I really try to do is to help people frame what they do in the marketplace. And, and in, in my case, it's in book publishing primarily. And like C.S. Lewis said, we don't necessarily need more Christian books. We need more books written by Christians on other subjects. And so that's what I do through the publishing company. We certainly have published some Christian living books, but we've also published business books and leadership books. 
and uh, books about the family that would be appropriate not only for Christians but for for those who are really seeking and and so if we can really be a voice into the different issues of our culture then we begin to lead and we begin to make disciples which ultimately is the great commission and what we're supposed to be doing including in business you know you have you've published at least one book well you how many books have you published? We got you got two of them that you've published of of your own work, correct? Or is there more than that? that so I've written three, and two of those I published through Highbridge Books. Okay, so marketing like Jesus, and then the other one on spiritual gifts. The, the market, marketplace. the marketplace Christian, marketplace mm-hmm. Christian. What was the other one? I don't know about the other one. Yeah, so the other one I actually wrote back in 2010. It's kind of a personal growth book, uh, a discipleship book, really. But the title of it is. In you, God trusts, and so of course, you know we we know that uh, our our national motto is in God we trust. But for me, I got this revelation that God actually trusts in me, that He believes in me, because it says in First Corinthians thirteen seven that love always trusts. So if He loves me, He trusts me. He's anticipating not my next failure, but my next success. And as a business person, this is huge because. It's like in the parable of the talents, the way that the master entrusted his possessions to his stewards. And, you know, you don't entrust something to somebody that you don't trust uh, to begin with. And, and so it's just a powerful revelation about the love of God that not only, you know, it's not a love like you love your crazy uncle and you just kind of tolerate, put up with him, but it's a, it's a love that comes with trust and that he actually believes in me. So that's the, and then, and so what does that look like? So there's five core aspects of stewardship that I believe we're all entrusted with. And that's, first of all, our purpose and then our mind, our, Relationships, our body, and our finances. I, that's a good. I can't believe he held that one back from me. I mean, you never even told me about that one. All right. So, are are you working on a new book? I am working on a new book, and and it's really kind of so. As you know, that the the name of this organization uh, where I've been doing this training for business people is titled uh, Theology of Business because. Right. You know, Jim, when I was in seminary, we talked about the theology of the church, you know, ecclesiology and pneumatology and Christology, but there was no theology of business, which is where about 85% of the Christian workforce spends the majority of their waking hours. And so I've really been kind of unpacking what is God's perspective on business. And that's what, uh, that's really what, where the marketplace Christian and marketing like Jesus kind of flow from. Which one of your books that I know of, The Marketing Like Jesus and The Marketplace Christian, which one of those has been a, a, your best seller so far? Wow. The, so the, the Marketplace Christian is the most recent one. Prior to that was Marketing Like Jesus, and really they've been going about neck and neck. But so, so the people that really are more interested in, so for example, I was presenting to a group of CEOs uh, this past week, and they wanted to know more about marketing like Jesus, because they want, they want the actual tactical, practical nuts and bolts of business is going to help to really grow their business, whereas the marketplace Christian is more of the marketplace ministry. This is how you carry out the Great Commission in the business world. And, um, and I, would, I would say, um, you know, it kind of varies from week to week, but the marketplace Christian is probably the best seller right now. 
Yeah, I, I loved them both so much. Hey, when we after the break, which we've got a few minutes till the break, but after the break, I do my book highlight segment, and I was going to catch it before the show, but I didn't. Uh, will you? Are you willing to give away a copy of either one of those, either Marketing Like Jesus or the Marketplace Christian? Are you willing to give away one yeah, of those today? Okay, absolutely. All right, all right, cool. All right, so I want to just step back for a minute. You've had these two kids in the last couple of years, and, and you and your bride have have been vaulted into parenthood. How has being a parent changed your perspective on the marketplace? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's such a great question. Well, you know, and, it, and it, it goes back to that first question that you asked and my response to that about how important the family is. And, and what I've discovered is as important as it is to, you know, carry out the Great Commission in the business world, I mean, my family and the way that I'm a father, you know, we got Father's Day coming up, and the way that I love my wife and I mean, that is really where it all flows from. And and so since since having two kids, I mean, I've been working less. I can tell you that. You know, I used to work on Saturdays. I don't work on Saturdays anymore. You know, that's family day. I, and I, I haven't worked on Sunday, and I can't remember how long. Um, but, but just making sure that I am devoting the time that I need to just be with my family. And so in the evenings, I'm not working. You know, I'm with my family. And so I think that... That kind of work-life balance, I guess. I don't. I don't love that term, work-life balance, because I mean our lives are so integrated. Uh, yeah. But I. But I do think that it, it is important to, you know, when when it's time to really just be present with your family. I think that's the thing that I've really grown in more than anything. It, it's such a challenge, and it's one of those things where, as I look back, I I know I wish I would have worked less. And spent more time doing stupid stuff like playing in the mud and and walking in the forest and reading more books because it you don't get those times you don't get to do it over again. But so it's great that you're working less because you will find that the Lord will refine and make more efficient even every day that you work because of uh, if you're honoring of Him in honoring your family. All right, Darren. When I said, "Hey, let's." Um, Let's figure out, what, what do you want to talk about when you come on the air? You said, Look, Jim, I want to talk about the fact that I don't think we should be competing with our competition, but we should be discipling our competition. Did I understand your premise the way you were really? I mean, is that what you mean? You did. You did. And this is still getting fleshed out. But uh, Well, let's really flesh it out live on the air then. Okay. All right. <laughs> But where did you come up with yeah. this idea? I mean, because that's just, when I hear you say that, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's like trying to sell mm, ice in Alaska, Fairbanks, in the middle of January. Really? I'm not supposed to be competing with my competition? I'm supposed to be discipling them. Where did this even come up in a conversation for you? Yeah, so this really flows out of the study that I had done in the previous book, The Marketplace Christian, and really unpacking what is the purpose of business. And so as Christians working in business, we know what Jesus has commissioned us to do. What is that? It's the Great Commission. It's to make disciples of all nations. And that didn't stop when we go that doesn't stop when we go to work on Monday. And and it doesn't stop just with the people that we work with in our own company, but we're ultimately called to disciple entire industries. And what is discipleship? It is it is causing the people around us and the organizations around us and even creation around us to look more like Jesus. You know, that is that is what it means to reveal the glory of God, because Jesus, as it says in Hebrews, is the glory of God, the radiance, the exact representation of His being. And so, so the question is, can you compete with people that you're supposed to be discipling? 
And, and so this is the question that has really been rattling around uh, in my spirit lately, and, I'm, and I really wanted to discuss this today. All right, so I'll, I'll use, I never ever had those words in my mind, but when you question, said that to me in the emails, we're getting ready to set up for the interview, I'm thinking, okay, well, one of the <laughs> you things... You fired back with a lot of questions. I did, I was I really did. glad to see that. Well, because I, when I helped launch an IT firm, a managed service IT firm here in Tampa Bay in 2010, one of the things I did right away was go out and meet with as many of my competitors as possible. For two reasons. Yeah. Number one, I wanted to know wanted to know I was out there. And number two, because I know that every one of those competitors, quote unquote, they weren't doing exactly what we were doing. I, they were, I might be able to refer them business that didn't fit our model. And so I just wanted to meet them. And it gave me an opportunity many times to pray with people. Do I feel like I was discipling? No, but people knew where I stood. And they also know that I left that industry to go on to Christian talk radio. So I, I've got a lot of interesting comments from that. But when you look at discipling industries, I mean, you said that you believe that, I mean, asking the question, what is the purpose of business? That First of all, how many pulpits across America do you think pastors are asking that question? <laughs> not a lot. And not a lot of Christ followers either. I mean, people in business, they're not asking what's the purpose of business. They're just going to make an income to pay for their house yeah, and, and their cars. Is, and, but, but, you know, Jim, I think part of it is because we've just assumed that, okay, in America, the name of the game is is capitalism, you know, which often it kind of looks more like a poker game. There was a, there was a famous article written back in, the, uh, in, I think, 1969, the Harvard Business Review, where the author was basically arguing that when you come into the marketplace, it's not a place for your Christian ethics and values. It's like a poker game. And so when you're playing poker, nobody's assuming that you're going to be helping the other guy. You know, the name of the game is to win. And right. and that's that's sort of, you know, the Darwinist approach to, to business, which is dog-eat-dog dog and survival of the fittest. Yeah, so how do selection. you go about... But yeah, how do you go about this approach to business with the Great Commission as your driving motivation for what you're doing in the marketplace? And, and I see these two as being uh, very incompatible, and we need and we need to reconcile. But at the same time, we need to reconcile high performance in business with the disciple making mandate of Jesus. Maybe this needs to be our next book between the two of you because here's here's what i see i see that in our competition first of all when i look at business models when i look at different you, know, you take any kind of business that's out there let's say florida i live in florida it's wicked hot here in florida <laughs> you know, it's, i mean i know you live in texas it's worse in texas but it's a moist heat here you guys got a dry heat so it, oh it, no 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 in houston it, oh that's right you're in houston <laughs> yeah okay i see a little water there so we it's a little humid similar weather yeah. yeah all right so there is, if you're going to do an outstanding job, if you're going to do work with excellence, you, there's plenty of work out there. There's plenty of work out yeah. there for everybody, for people who do work with excellence. And so really it's not about competition. It's about coopetition because you, you, mm. you can, because sometimes people do work that you don't do like in the air conditioning business. Some guys do only residential. Some guys do only commercial. Some guys do new installations. Some guys only do repair. Some guys will work on ancient units and, and, or, and cooling systems that are within commercial buildings. Some people only work on, you know, we tear out old units and we throw in new ones. We don't even know how to fix old ones. So there's, I always found like if you're really doing a good work, if you're doing excellent work, there's always room for more 
coopetition, but taking this to discipling industries. I mean, give me an example of somebody you think that's a Christ follower today that has taken on that role. Yeah, I think I think for example, we can look at uh, Chick Fil A comes up a lot in these types of conversations, and for good reason. I mean. Look! Look what has happened in the fast. Oh, I gotta industry. stop it. I gotta stop it, Darren. I gotta stop it. There's no competition for Chick Fil A. Come on, find somebody else. <laughs> There's no competition. There is nobody well, no, on no, no, the no, planet. No, no. They're they are competing with McDonald's. I mean, I've oh, heard I'm, I've heard I've heard Dan Cappy say that, and and so they are competing in the fast food industry to get people to come over from you know KFC and Burger King and McDonald's to come eat to come eat chicken certainly they have a new category but but it's not only the fact that they have a different type of product you know this chicken sandwich because all other competitors sell chicken sandwiches too but they're doing yeah. something very unique in customer service uh, that is quite remarkable i hear the music coming yeah on, so all right so we look, talk about that in a second basically this conversation today you may think the two of us are certifiable we're talking about the fact that should christ followers in industry be discipling their competition or competing against their competition. You know, Darren, as you put this premise out to me, and as we started this conversation, you know, I look at, we can't even get churches to work with each other. How do you think we're going to get business people to disciple each other? And, and you know, sometimes, okay, Martha's, I hear Martha's voice in my head. She's going, Jim, glass half full, glass half full, glass half full. I know there's so much potential for getting Christ followers to work in unity, to be able to display the work, miraculous work of God in our lives, but getting business people to think of themselves as disciplers in competition instead of competition. I mean, really? <laughs> so we started before the last commercial I was referring to Chick-fil-A and the, and the way that they, when you come to a Chick-fil-A, it's kind of different in the fast food industry because it's almost like they actually want you to be at their at their restaurant. You know, when you talk to the to the people on the intercom and then you pull up, and in fact, they're even coming out to your car before you even come up to to the intercom to make sure that you're not having to wait out there in your car. I mean, the way that they're getting people through there is so fast. I mean, putting flowers on the table in a in a fast food restaurant. I mean, there's another <laughs> level of hospitality that is really setting the bar. It's setting the industry standard for the fast food industry. And this is really what I mean by discipling your industry. So discipling your industry doesn't mean you just kind of lay down and let everybody else run over you. It, no, what it means is that you are the industry leader in some way. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be able to lead in, in every aspect of the industry, but there's one piece that God has given you. Maybe you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or maybe you are, you're, you're doing something in a particular, maybe it's the sales department or the accounting department. But ultimately, I would encourage you to go to work with the intent of what I do here is revealing Jesus. It's not about just going to work so that you can tell people, you know, tell the people the Roman road and John 3.16, although do that, you know, share your testimony as the Lord provides those opportunities. But those opportunities are going to come from the example that you set, and then people want to know the reason for the hope that's within you and why that you conduct yourself that way in the marketplace. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's what Paul said, and I think that's what we're supposed to do in business. Yeah, okay, but I underline that verse in my in my Bible m multiple times, and I go like, 
oh, could I ever say that? Do I, could I, am I ever confident enough in my walk on the Lord where I could say, people, you need to imitate me as I imitate Christ. I'm thinking people will think, Jim, you have truly gone over the edge. Uh, because that's a bold <laughs> statement. And for Paul to say, listen, I know Paul also said he was the, a sinner of the, the, the worst of all sinners. But to be able to say, boy, imitate me. But I understand what you're saying. When you talk about Chick-fil-A, it's pretty easy to look at the fact that the Kathy family has the highest of standards. And there, when you, I mean, there's a, there's Chick-fil-A's all over the County where I live and they do there. Well, I, I disagree with your one premise is that there's a lot of people who make chicken sandwiches. That is not true. There is only one that makes a chicken sandwich. The rest of them are something else, but, <laughs> but the service, the service that they provide and the quality of the food that they provide is amazing. And I know I've read so many books about it. In fact, I've got Deanne Turner from the VP of Corporate Talent from Chick-fil-A coming on later this week. They, I mean, they make the same kind of revenues open six days a week that other fast food restaurants open are open uh, seven days a week. I mean, they yeah. kill, they it's kill incredible. it. Yeah. But okay. But everybody go, well, listen, but I'm not Chick-fil-A. I'm an electrician or I'm a plumber or uh, I'm an accountant or I'm a CPA or I'm a, an attorney. You know, I'm a publishing company, whatever it may be. How, how do we turn that? Because honestly, this is something we need to start talking to the pastors in the pulpit because they're the, a lot of people will imitate the behaviors they see in their pastors. But pastors yeah. have really struggled, at least in my lifetime. I turned 50 at the end of this month. Pastors struggle with this whole idea of discipling other competition. They look at churches, other churches, like competition. We're, we're all... Yeah. Which is not true. I mean, churches aren't in competition, yet they act like they are. How do we twist this whole paradigm, shift this whole paradigm in everything that we do as Christ followers? Yeah. Well, and this applies in so many ways, but I think it starts with abandoning that that sort of orphan mentality when it comes to business, that if it's to be, it's up to me. And and you're just basically kind of playing that, again, going back to the Darwinian approach where it's dog-eat-dog survival of the fittest. You're just trying to get your piece of the pie. It's sort of a zero-sum game. That's not the disciple-making approach to business. The disciple-making approach to business is you shift from feeling like you're an orphan and that there's only just so much to go around to where now you you take a preeminence approach and a leadership approach in the marketplace where I'm going to lead, I'm going to show people the way Jesus wants customers to be treated. I'm going to show people the, the, the innovative heart and genius of the Lord in the way that I go about solving this problem uh, in the marketplace. And just going from just figuring out how, my, how can I, one, take uh, or, or just survive, and then the next kind of destructive step is to figure out how I can take from everyone else in the industry to know, let me, for example, John Wanamaker, a very strong Christian man back in the early 1900s, invented the price tag because when people came into his stores, he wanted them to not wonder whether or not they're getting ripped off, which is what was happening most of the time where the customers were just getting squeezed. But now they could come in and relax and enjoy themselves in a hospitable environment, shop, and they would know what they were paying for things before they would, before they would start to have to haggle with a, with a salesperson. All right. So, but, but it's 2016. And, you know, 
small business people that are listening today are going, wait a minute, Darren, come on. We're looking at $15 an hour minimum wage. We're, we're looking at you know, the price consolidation. We're looking at competing with China for products that they produce at, at five cents on the dollar. We're, you know, I need every competitive edge that I can get. That's what they're thinking. I'm sure that's yeah. what they're thinking, because at first when you said it, I'm like, come on, Darren, seriously, nice conversation, but not realistic. Yet I I think that what you're saying is that by looking at our competition as an opportunity for discipleship, we're really learning to take our faith to a whole nother level because we have to trust the Lord in that. I mean, you, I mean it's a whole nother level of faith involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, Because because you are... It, because now competition is in the sense that Paul talked about it, uh, which is when you know when he said, "Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize?" Uh, so run to win, he says. And so we could take our sort of carnal, worldly, maybe capitalist approach to that verse and say, "Well, only one person gets the prize." So it, once again, zero sum game survival of the fittest, that's not what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the pursuit of the upward call. He's talking about the pursuit of what God has called you to do, and that ultimately that thing that you do so well and with excellence, which is an excellence is not, does not mean that you do it better than somebody else. It means it's a constant pursuit. It's, of, it's, it's never-ending, continuous improvement. And so that has to be viewed in relation to uh, your own calling. And are you better today? Are you doing a better job today than you were yesterday, according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works within you? Are we got to make this practical for people because people listening are going, "Oh my gosh, this is just so. This is just such a weird concept. I'm not sure I even understand what you're talking about." Let's let's talk very practically. You run a, a Christian book publisher. I mean, you, yeah. you've gotten a great reputation, the, the, uh, the, uh, which, by the way, you should connect me with more of your authors, because if there's more great authors like Dr. Jim Harrison and you producing books through Highbridge Books, I want to meet them, because the books that you guys, that I've gotten connected through you are phenomenal. Okay, so you are be trying to become a leader, maybe you already are, a leader in Christian book publishing. How are you putting this idea into practice already? Yeah. Well, one of those areas is that I'm I'm really trying to make sure that as Christians that we are speaking into the issues of culture that matter in the culture. Uh and 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 so that's not if we're just going to talk about, you know, how to have better devotional lives and how to make your church grow and you know those types of conversations are are important and necessary, but but I'm trying to make sure that we're speaking into uh, in my case, Christian professional growth. I mean, we publish books in other categories, but really those are the types of books because there's such a lack of, of and there's such a need in order for applying these biblical principles, applying this disciple-making worldview where we're actually trying to reveal Jesus in our field. And so those, are the, those were really the books, and that's why I do Theology of Business and promote the publishing company on the podcast, because I'm trying to attract more business people that are writing books in particular, uh, so that they will bring about their Christian worldview into that uh, particular aspect of the culture. But, you know, so that's just, that's just kind of the, 
the what God has called me to do. But let's say you're a a, a plumber, you yeah, know, for just, example. Hang on just, hang yeah, on just a second. Uh, we're talking today with Darren Shearer. He's with Highbridge Books, but you can also find out lots more about his passion on his website, theologyofbusiness.com, theologyofbusiness.com. He's written three great books. I've only read two of them because I just found out about the other one about 40 minutes ago. But his latest book that he put up is The Marketplace Christian, a practical guide to to a practical guide to using your spiritual gifts in business. We've got a copy of that to give away today. I forgot to bring it up at the bottom of the half hour. Call right now if you'd like to get a copy of that, 877-943-9673, 877-943-9673. Okay, now, I'm a plumber. I, I, I just am a residential plumber. How does this apply to me, Darren? So I think it goes back to, you know, you just referred to the book. Um, so there's that spiritual gifts assessment and identifying what is what are your gifts that God has called you to use in order to reveal who He is in the culture, in the marketplace, in your industry, and, and really begin to, to really hone in on that and realize that that is the thing that one of or one of the core things that God has entrusted to you that is going to reveal Him uh, the clearest through your life, you know. And so, not all of us are called to have pulpits like Billy Graham, and not all of us are called to, uh, you know, ex- exercise gifts in, in other sorts of ways. But there's a very specific assignment that God has has given to you, and to begin to approach that as I'm going to. I'm doing this, and I'm exercising this gift with excellence, not because I'm trying to take something away from somebody else. This is my my competitive advantage, but because this reveals something about who God is, about who Jesus is. And so really, it's a heart and a motivation shift. Darren and I are talking today about the fact that our role as Christ followers in the business world, what is the purpose of business and Darren's saying, hey, we should be discipling industries. Darren, as, as we started the conversation right before the break about, hey, let's take the example of the plumber. And to me, this is where I take the conversation on. How are we supposed to be competing with our competitors or should we be discipling them? You know, a lot of in the old days, we're talking 50 years ago, really probably 30 years ago, the plumber had five years of apprenticeship before he could go out on his own. And it was constantly a discipleship program. They called it apprenticeship, but it was constantly a discipleship. If the guy was a Christ follower, not only could, because they had to stoop under sinks all day long and and run plumbing through ceilings and walls, they spent countless time together and they were discipling their future competition. That, That I can see. But I don't get how we can do this in other industries. Yeah. So it goes back to what I was, what we were starting to talk about there with spiritual gifts and identifying what are the spiritual gifts God has assigned to you that are that you are supposed to be faithful to operate uh, according to the Holy Spirit in your in your job and on that assignment maybe that you're out doing today. And then the question in terms of how does this relate back to discipleship is not that, for example. My gift of administration or leadership is so that I can beat out the competition. No, my gift of administration, which is one of my gifts, is so that I can reflect who Jesus is to my clients, so that I can reflect who Jesus is to our customers. And and so if I'm totally disorganized and, you know, late shipments and different things like that, or it's a bunch of typos in books, 
that's not revealing Jesus. And, and so that's why I go about, and, and so there are other gifts, and maybe a gift, for example, like, uh, like pastoring, you know, like a marketplace chaplain does. And that's sure. what they're called to reveal in the, in the marketplace, one of the core things. And so maybe that's not my gift. And so I don't need to beat myself up about why don't I feel this, uh, this urge to every single time I, you know, do business with somebody, why don't I want to just pray with them right there on the spot? Well, you know, some people, they do have that compulsion. And, and it doesn't make you less of a Christian because you, maybe that's not your approach. But when somebody is faithful to use that, because, because there are many gifts and they're, they've been, there are varieties of gifts and they've been given in different measures, uh, you know, according to the sovereign will of God. And, and so you just need to be faithful to use that gift when you go to work, even right now, maybe somebody's on a break from work, you're about to go back in. And so begin to ask, how is this revealing Jesus? And because that is discipleship. Discipleship is, does not just mean that you're going to have coffee with somebody at 6 a.m. Uh, every Monday morning, you know, for a year, and you're going to go through, you know, the gospel. Right. You know, that, right. maybe that's part of it, but that's... Darren, I got... I think that's... We, yeah. We're done. I'm sorry. <laughs> We've come to the end of the show. Darren, thank you so much. It was a great conversation. I want to do part two. Write a little bit more on this. Let's do part two on this. We've been talking with Darren Shearer. Darren, thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. Always a pleasure, Jim. All right. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, you heard the conversation. Consider discipling your competition instead of competing against them setting the standards for your industry talk about out of the box that's what romans 12 2 is all about stop copying the behaviors and customs of this world that whole conversation was all about that today you've been listening to the i work for him radio show with your host jim brangenberg i'm a christ follower and i own my own business i never thought about the fact that i should be discipling my competition but i love the idea but ultimately i understand i work for him